The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morning, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. You would think if there's one congressional district in America where they're going to be paying pretty close attention to what someone's background is, it would be the district that George Santos formally represented. However, it looks like the vetting job that the Republicans may have done for their candidate, Maisie Pillip, may have been somewhat lackluster. The watchdog group that filed a complaint to the U.S. Department of Justice over consistencies in George Santos's financial disclosure has now done the same for the Republican pick to replace him, Mozzie Pillip. And Citizens United alleges that Pillip failed to file a complete, accurate report to the clerk of the House of Representatives, leaving questions about investment accounts, spousal income, and an investment property. Evidently, according to what they're saying, Maisie Pillup has taken a page out of Santos's playbook and is engaging in shady bookkeeping practices to conceal her financial interests. She's not being upfront about her finances, which raises a major red flag so close to the special election. A spokesperson for Pillup responded that the complaint is baseless and clearly politically motivated and to be expected from Tom Swazi's surrogates. Pillup had amended her personal financial disclosure statement, but the letter from the ECU to the DOJ states the financial disclosure still appears to be missing critical information that was previously filed in non-public financial disclosure reports with the Nassau County and New York Board of Ethics. The inconsistencies in Pillip's reports are nowhere near, by the way, the scale of Santos's alleged financial falsifications, but uh, she is running in the special election on February 13th. I just wonder, and who knows, maybe this is totally politically motivated, but I just wonder, why would the Republicans pick someone whose finances were in such poor order? I mean, her first financial disclosure, it showed her owing something like $450,000. Then she filed an amended return, and that wasn't the case. But why wouldn't they pick someone whose ducks were in a row, especially when there were candidates out there like uh, State Senator Jack Martins, who had already been thoroughly vetted? Why would they pick someone who's not only a registered Democrat, but so thoroughly, seemingly unprepared? for a position of this magnitude and with this scrutiny. I don't understand it. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. Well, picks 11 is reporting that Republican candidate, although she's a registered Democrat, but that makes no difference to me. I don't care what party people are registered in. But uh, Republican candidate Maisie Pillup will not support Donald Trump for president if he's convicted of a crime. I have to tell you, I find this response 
totally bizarre, honestly. I mean, at this point, we all know who Donald Trump is, for better or worse. We know the good things about him. We know the bad things about him. We know what he's capable of, both from a positive perspective and a negative perspective. So is what Pillip is saying here honest? What she's saying is if he's convicted of a crime, She's not going to support him. So that means if the case that goes to trial before November of this year is the Alvin Bragg case, which even the New York Times referred to as a bizarre legal theory about him using campaign funds to pay off an adult film star to conceal an affair. If he's convicted of that with a Manhattan jury, she's saying she won't support him. I mean, this is just absolutely ridiculous. I think, honestly, you know the conduct Trump was involved in here. You know what the conduct he was involved in, not only with Stormy Daniels, but with the documents case and with a bunch of other things. And so you know what he did. So either say you're going to support him or say you're not or say you're not sure. But this whole kick in the can down the road that I'm not going to support him if he's convicted of a crime, it's totally bogus. To me, what this looks like is someone that's running for office in a Democratic district and she's trying not to alienate Democratic voters. You're really saying you're not going to vote for him if a Democratic jury in Manhattan finds him guilty of this Stormy Daniels crime? That's what you're saying, Mozzie Pillip? I mean, come on. This is pandering of the worst Type. I don't live in the district, but uh, I think if I did, this might be enough to say I'm not voting for this lady. Beam me up. To be continued. The other side of midnight. Local spotlight. There was a wonderful story that I saw on Channel 7, WABC-TV. No affiliation with this radio station anymore, but it has to do with a crossing guard in a New York City public school. Maggie Poston has worked at the same post in Park Slope outside of PS 282 since the 1970s. She is now turning 90 years old this weekend. She's been a crossing guard for more than 45 years. And to celebrate her decades of service, NYPD Chief of Patrol John Chell brought her flowers while she was at work on Monday. Chief Chell said, if anyone is at work today, including myself, who feels tired, just come see Miss Maggie here. And I think you shouldn't be tired. And I think he is absolutely right. Uh, Poston calls her job a labor of love and says the children keep her coming back to her post each day. She helps about 250 students cross the street each day, and her record in her 45-plus years as a crossing guard has been absolutely stellar. They've had one child hit by a car, and she was, and they haven't had any other children hit by a car because she makes sure that everyone stops. Outside of her role in the community, Miss Poston is a mother and grandmother, and she plans to retire in June. I think this woman is great. She's an inspiration to me. I think she should be an inspiration to every public servant and to everybody that continues to want to be productive and to work well into their 80s until they turn 90. Happy birthday, Miss Poston. Thank you for the great job that you have done keeping the children of Park Slope safe. And uh, I hope a lot of other crossing guards 
follow your lead. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Do you know the difference between the New Jersey State Assembly and the New Jersey State Senate? Almost nothing. There is no difference in the district at all. So the State Assembly District is the very same as the State Senate District. The only difference really is there's two State Assembly members for every district per one State Senate District. The one difference that exists between the two bodies, the Assembly and the Senate, is that you have to be 30 years old to be in the New Jersey State Senate. Why? That age requirement, which was established at a 1947 Constitution convention is far higher than most states around the country. In my home state of New Jersey, it's only 18. You can be 18 years old and to be and be a member of the New York State Senate. Why should you have to be 30 and be a member of the New Jersey State Senate? Around the rest of the country, the minimum age to be in the state Senate is either 18 or 21 years of age. Now, 25-year-old Raritan Borough Councilman Adam Armaheiser wants the New Jersey Senate to follow suit and lower its age requirement to 21. The current age limit is an injustice to our democracy and a direct limitation on the people's ability to elect representation. Since the age limit is enshrined in the state constitution, changing it requires a constitutional amendment which the state legislature would have to pass and then put before the voters as a statewide referendum. Well, Mr. Armaheiser said that he's reached out to every state legislative office to discuss his proposal with mostly positive feedback so far. State Senator Andrew Zwicker, who has made elections reform and voting access a major focus during his time in the legislature, said that he, for one, is very open to the idea. I have to tell you, so am I. I think there is absolutely no reason why you should have to be 30 years old to serve in the New Jersey State Senate, particularly when the job is almost exactly the same as the job of an assembly member. Make the requirements the same. If the district is the same, if the job is the same in terms of legislating, make the requirements the same. You got to be 18 to be in the state legislature. Be 18 to be in the state legislature. Don't make it 18 or 21 for the assembly and then 30 for the Senate. Makes no sense to me. This absolutely ought to be changed. And if you're a New Jerseyan, I hope you'll work to change it. Beam me up. To be continued. 